Good evening and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Hunter Combs and this evening we have a very special guest with us in the studio, Philmon from Voice of the Martyrs South Africa. Now Philmon is actually a believer uh, from Eritrea and he's here with us tonight to share a little bit about uh, his story but also about the context and the whole story of Eritrea. So thank you so much Philmon for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me, Hunter. I'm, pl I'm pleased to be with you. Yeah, it's really a blessing to know you. It's I've been very blessed just by sitting with Philmon and him sharing these stories and just realizing that there are Christians in the world that are facing incredible persecution, that have faced uh, incredible opposition just for following Jesus, something we take for granted here in South Africa, that we can get together with other believers and just freely and openly read our Bible, uh, encourage each other, worship God. And that's not something you can just do freely in Eritrea, is it, Philmon? No, it's very difficult to be a Christian in Eritrea, according to Open Doors. Eritrea is the sixth most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. Wow. So uh, it's very hard to uh, have fellowship. And sure. uh, uh, we'll, uh, actually, uh, churches are banned. Uh, so wow. it's very difficult to be a Christian in Eritrea. Wow. Well, why don't you share with us a little bit about just the context and the background of the Eritrean church? And uh, yeah, just to give our listeners a feel for what it's like to be uh, in Eritrea and to be a Christian in Eritrea. Yeah. Uh, before that, let me give you a, a brief uh, context about Eritrea. But okay. most people here in South Africa do not know where Eritrea is. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're right because Eritrea is the most secretive uh, uh, country in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so no, nobody knows about that. Most people don't know about that. It's a small country found in the northern eastern part of Africa. Mm -hmm. It's bordering the Red Sea, found between the big countries of Sudan and uh, Ethiopia. Okay. So it's the second newest country in Africa, and wow. it's, it's, it's run by a dictatorship for the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Christianity was uh, banned, especially the uh, Protestant uh, sect was banned in 2001 as part of the government crackdown wow. on the politicians and churches because the churches are usually uh, the conscience of the nation they speak for they stand for the truth they speak the truth uh, wow. so all churches were uh, closed and our pastors were arrested in 2004 sure. so uh, this is a situation and when i say arrested it is kind of abduction they, oh, wow. uh, they don't face trial uh, they haven't nobody has faced trial uh, mm. and then we don't know we don't know where they are at this moment so it's been 15 years for since their disappearance wow so christianity is completely illegal in eritrea yes completely illegal yeah. so it's against the law to it's, just believe it's in a, christ it's against the law against the state against the government it goes the ideology i mean the ideas of christianity is against the uh, uh, ideology of the government. Well, wow. so is it uh, is it a secular state? What kind of government is there in Eritrea? Yeah, basically the persecution is coming from the ideology a secular state. Okay. Uh, the country is the people are very religious. Fifty percent are Christians. Fifty percent are Muslims. When I say Christians, they are Orthodox Christian. Okay, so predominantly sort of traditional Orthodox Christianity. Christianity, but the government, though they um, by they claim to be Christians or Muslims, but they don't practice it. They are kind okay. of atheists. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it illegal to be a Muslim in Eritrea? Uh, it's not illegal to be a Muslim. Yeah. It's, okay. allowed, it's, it's, it's fine to be a Muslim. But to be a Christian, to be an evangelical... So you say there's a, a lot of Christians there, 
but you say Christianity is illegal. Are you, is there a certain kind of Christianity that's illegal or what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, the kind of nominal Christianity. People call themselves Christians, but, but they don't okay. practice. So those who practice their faith, okay. they are in real danger. So the church there is basically uh, government run or government regulated. So it's not as if the gospel is really truly being preached in those government yeah, the regulated churches. The government has an absolute control over the church. I mean, when I say the church, the Orthodox church, yeah. uh, they have arrested the patriarch mm. and they've controlled all the priests. For instance, the government would uh, collect the tithes and offerings from the ch- from the members and they pay uh, the priests as a salary. Wow. And they've gi- they given them a very hard time for the Catholics. They mm. have taken all their schools and uh, uh, closed their uh, clinics. Wow. And they have, they, have given, they have given them hard time in their visas. This is a opposition towards the Orthodox and the Catholics, but to the Protestants. Hmm. Uh, it's illegal, just like uh, they're considered as terrorists. Wow. And uh, <laughs> as spies, as agents of CIA. So the accusation coming from the government are really uh, scary. Wow. So just to follow Jesus, you're considered to be opposing and standing in opposition to the state. Exactly. As a spy, possibly CIA, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Just because you believe in Jesus and you follow him and you want other people to know about Jesus. Exactly. Wow. So everything in Eritrea is at this moment. Uh, it should be for the government, by the government, and everything is, it should be in line with the government ideology. So mm. if there's no actually, there's no freedom of uh, press. There's only one newspaper and one news mm. station, one TV that's run by the government. Wow. And there's no opposition group. The government has closed the parliament. Uh, oh, wow. So it's kind of a uh, worst form of totalitarian government that mm. you can imagine. Very strong. is like dictatorship. Then. Dictatorship, yeah. Wow. So it's not very, it's not a holiday place where you just want to go and, ah, oh, let's go away to Eritrea and just enjoy some time. No, it mm. sounds very, very intense. Mm. Um, do you want to share with us then what it, what sort of the persecution looks like? What does it look like there to be a true Christian who's seeking to follow Christ in Eritrea? Yeah, for a true Christian, uh, persecution is part and parcel of the faith. Mm-hmm. So when you come to the Lord, uh, it's a common for everybody who knows that uh, believing in, in Jesus uh, has something has a cause for it. I mean... Uh, that's the psychology of the believers there. So mm. we are underground church. We are not allowed to, all our buildings, all our places are taken. Uh, and then in one instance, the church that I was worshipping was taken by the army and uh, become a headquarter of the army. Oh my word. So And the uh, tithes and the offerings were taken by the government, everything. So for us, uh, for instance, I was running a home cell group and 80% of the people over there had tested prison. Wow. 80% of your members I was been counting in deliberately and uh, <laughs> almost everybody over there has tested prison because uh, when you live there, um, while you're attending wedding uh, uh, of your friend, uh, mm-hmm. weddings are raided, imagine. So weddings? Weddings, yeah. Just a wedding. Wow. In the middle of the wedding, I mean, the security... Uh, Agents and sometimes the police breaks the wedding, oh and everybody over there, be it a believer or non-believer, is taken. Even the bride and the bridegroom are taken with their attires. So, oh my goodness! So it's very common. 
to be arrested in your wedding day. So usually these wedding crackdowns are common. And you, when we meet in house, we usually gather in house, just like in the book of Acts. Mm. So you don't know who the informants are. Maybe the neighbors around you, uh, they notice the uh, number of cars or bicycles or motorcycles parked. When, they, when Whenever there is uh, uncommon uh, gatherings in private homes, mm. somebody that you don't know, an informant, is a secret informant, informs security in the middle of your prayer, you know. Wow. They break the doors and... Uh, they take you to prison. When I say prison, it's not like the prison in South Africa. <laughs> this is uh, um, an unconventional prison mm. where you don't know how long you will stay. You don't know, you're not allowed to see your lawyers. You're not allowed to, to be visited by your family. Mm. So you just keep uh, uh, hoping when you will be released. Uh, mm. Sometimes, you know, my friend was, who was with me was arrested in 2006 and was released just last month. Oh my goodness. After 14 years. Wow. So this, this was a new believer. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't organizing anything. So co- to be arrested like 14 years, 15 years, 16 years, just 10 years. Just serving a new believer. It's normal, yeah. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those of you listening, I can't imagine. Can you imagine being at a wedding and having the government come in and raid you and just start taking people off to prison. I mean, people have been complaining this year because of the regulations on weddings because of COVID and social distancing. This, <laughs> this is much, much more serious. Wow, this is very, very sad just to hear about. Yeah. So you were arrested at the same time as your friend and you got out, but your friend was in there for 14 years. Yeah. Wow. So by the grace of God, you're here with me today. Yeah, I've been into four different prisons. Four prisons. In different times. Wow. Uh, uh, the first was uh, in the military uh, camp. So uh, every Eritreans, uh, they, they're mandated to serve the military and, uh, program okay. before you go to university. Okay. So it was supposed to be for a year and a half, but the government changed, made, made it indefinite. So everyone who on grade 11 has to stop education and go to a very desert area bordering Sudan, a very hot desert mm. area and bordering Sudan and make a military trainings. And in that military training, well, that was the first uh, incidence and I was arrested. And uh, with my 11 others, uh, brothers, we were praying because prayer and Bibles are considered as crime. Bibles are in that camp. Uh, Bibles are considered like cocaine. The they just they just uh, come to your uh, room. They search it thoroughly just to find the Bible. So wow. we were struggling to read the Bible. You know, mm. we used to tear the pages of the Bible. We used to hide it uh, in uh, um, uh, on our foods, and sometimes wow. we used we try to repackage it as a fiction. Mm. Sometimes we share the pages of the Bible. If you're reading Matthew, and I will be reading Mark, and wow. we are, <laughs> so that was where we had a struggle to read the Bible. Yeah. And if you happen to uh, get a Bible, then you are in trouble. Mm. So we were arrested, uh, and they put us into a shipping metal container. Mm. So the temperature uh, reached around 43 something, about 43 degrees Celsius. Sure. It was very terrible. 
Yeah, actually, they were trying to excommunicate, they were trying to assassinate us. And execute you. Execute us because we are coordinating the student movement inside the camp. But by the mercy of God, uh, in, in a way that I couldn't understand to this day, uh, we were released and I was able to sit for a matriculation exam after that. Wow. Yeah. Well, so you've been in four different prisons, one time in a shipping metal container yeah. where they're trying to kill you in it. Yeah. And the Lord somehow miraculously allowed you to be released. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> and after that, we were released. Uh, again, I found myself in another prison while I was in a camp- in campus. Mm. Students, uh, Christian students were raided. And like I remember 53 students were arrested for being Christian. And again, I was part of that, that part of it. Mm. And in this prison... Uh, the punishment wasn't through heat, but the crowd does over there, overcrowd does. Mm. In a space like two by three meters, they put like 53 inmates, 35 inmates together. Oh my goodness. So there was no, like we couldn't sleep. You have to stand the whole night and wait your turn to sleep. Oh. Plus it was unhygienic. We were struggling with lice infestation, skin oh. infections, or... Uh, was very very difficult actually so oh, goodness so prisons basically are in Eritrea are intended to be uh what would i say is a place of torture instead of a correctional place mm. a correctional instead of becoming correctional facilities mm. they are a place of torture wow goodness. yeah and, and this isn't a prison either you said you don't get a trial or anything no, you no, just no. get raided and thrown into some torturous prison situation yeah the very purpose of the prisons the detention facilities are to torture Mm. Uh, thinking that uh, uh, by exposing the believers to torture they would uh, recant their face but it works against (laughs) from my experience the more they like the bible says in exodus 1 verse 12 the more they persecuted them the the more more they they grow they made the oppress uh, the more they oppressed the israelis Mm. the more they multiplied well <laughs> so there is um though i cannot uh put it put it in a logical frame uh but it works mm. uh we're supposed to be diminished we're supposed with the intensity of the persecution christianity you expect christianity in eritrea would be just kind of yeah, eradicated right going away but it's growing mm. it's growing uh now members of the, uh, the government high-ranking officials are part of our home cells. Wow! <laughs> and uh, uh, like uh, the prison, for instance, the prison uh, officer uh, tortures you now, and when he when he returns to his home, he finds he or she finds finds uh, his son or daughter to be a Christian. Wow! Then he's neutralized. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It's amazing. Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, he says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yeah. While those who are evil go on from bad to worse. And I think that, that verse really sums up, I think, what you've seen in Eritrea. Exactly. But also there's a early church father who said, the, seed, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways what you're saying, as they're persecuting you, they're expecting to stamp out the truth, but instead they're actually causing it to grow. It's amazing. So in these in these prisons, are there lots of other Christians there? Yeah, there are lot, lots of Christians. 
So there is no standard time for a Christian. It depends. No, you know, our punishment didn't depend uh, on uh, laws. For so someone, somebody can be arrested for a year, others for ten years or fifteen. So it depends on the prison guard. Just the the mood and the feeling. The, exactly. Some oh, of some prison guards could be radicals or they hate the face and you stay you end up in that prison for 15 years sometimes it can be compassionate uh or familiar with the face you, wow. can, you can end up like one month or two months wow so it's uh <laughs> unpredictable you know wow that's amazing so how did you how are you here now in south africa with us how did you even get out of eritrea and how are you here today yeah, basically, I escaped myself and my wife escaped because okay. I've been through four prisons. And uh, after that, I have escaped three attempts to capture me, mm. uh, especially the latest one was uh, I was in downtown talking with Christians. And so I found myself surrounded by security uh, in intelligence agents. Mm. And well, we just escaped in the CBD and they wow. were chasing us just like thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Then I avoided the, uh, uh, the city and stayed with my friend in the suburbs. Then I have to figure out my way out. So the first thing I did was I, I sent my wife because uh, in late 2017, the president himself was heard uh, uh, being, uh, I mean, deciding to wipe out Christianity once and for all. Once hmm. in, so he started to uh purge christians by door by door and then this persecution was spearheaded by the president himself so wow. an orthodox priest uh and a local administrator a committee of uh orthodox priests local administrative uh, of officer and security uh knocks knock at your door and ask you for for your faith wow so even if it's right to escape the persecution by saying that you're a roman catholic or you're saying like you're orthodox, the orthodox priest would ask you the questions that, uh, to verify that you are a believer mm. of the earth. And there was no way out. So especially this, uh, they successfully eradicated the believers from the coastal Red Sea town, Masawa, and they took them into an island, into the Red Sea island. You know, Red Sea island yeah. is very hot. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So children, elderly without any mercy, the sick or everybody, without any mercy, they threw them into an island. Still, they are in the island. Wow. It's been like four years, three years. So our friends are arrested there. And this persecution came to the capital city. Wow. At that moment, uh, my wife gave birth to my elder son, Daniel. Hmm. So it was, so I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine my one, less than a month, an inf, uh, a neonate, less than a, a month old child, to end up in uh, some sort of prison, some or... sort of that brutal prison. So, oh. it's the story is long. Actually, mm. we managed to uh, we managed to escape. Uh, I managed to uh, send uh, my wife to South Africa because South Africa were one of the three countries in having uh, active diplom diplomatic relation with Eritrean government. Okay. So there were Egyptian embassy, South African embassy. Mm. The South African embassy was there. Uh, one of the options. So we, she escaped. It's a miracle, actually. We are wow. narrating this story in our book. <laughs> and after that, 
I waited nine months. We were separated with my wife. She uh, she came here first before nine months in South Africa, and there was no way out for me to come out. And fortunately, there was peace agreement between Eritrea and Ethiopia. Mm. You know, Eritrea and Ethiopia were like North Korea and South Korea. Oh, wow. They've been like uh, uh, nemesis. They were yeah. being in fight for 20 years. Mm. So there was no communication, no telephone, no airlines. <laughs> the governments were uh, mm. enemies. Wow. But a new government, a new president who was actually awarded a Nobel Peace Prize last mm. year for making peace with Eritrea. Mm. Uh, was I mean played a good part in restoring the peace peaceful relationship and the border was open for few months because the people at the border uh, didn't see each other for for many for two decades. Wow! So I grabbed this opportunity to <laughs> escape. So you escaped just in this little window while the, the border was window. open. Once I arrived in South Africa, the border closed again. Closed, still closed. Wow! So it's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's only by the grace of God yeah. that you're here. That God. <laughs> literally open the border in a country as you say like north korea but in africa yeah <laughs> actually it's called the north the north korea of africa it's a nickname eritrea is nicknamed oh, the eritrea is nicknamed the yeah, north korea of africa the north korea of africa the international media wow mentions that the north korea of africa is much highly similar actually in terms of journalism or radio station censored it's number one uh, most censored country in the world and North Korea is the second. Wow. So, in fact, in, in some aspects, it's worse than, uh, than North, North Korea. North Korea. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And yet you're here today. And so what have you been working on here in South Africa? You, you mentioned something about a book. Yeah. Are, you, are you writing a book? Yeah, we are writing a book. We are almost completing the manuscript. We okay. are hoping the book to be released uh, down this year, in the new year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've we've got we've seen lots of the, hand, the hands of the hand of God in our life, and uh, the stories, this, uh, the narrations and the events happening in South Af- in Eritrea rather, is something that's not narrated elsewhere. Yeah. So I want these things to be known hmm. uh, to the world, hmm. and uh, the the persecution that uh, Christians are facing. Mm. Not many people are uh, aware of it. Mm. So in one in one way, I want everybody uh, to know about it. I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Yeah, uh, ha- there's no way for them to speak. As I said, the government uh, has has stopped data. There's no data. There's no internet. Mm. So they have stopped internet. If you even if you want to use internet, you have to go to internet cafes and you have to register your IDs. It's a highly censored country, so no mm. information is coming. So. I want these things to be known to the world, mm. and uh, I want I want also the body of Christ uh, all over the world uh, to pray for that one for for the brothers. We, we all are one body in mm. Christ, so yeah. uh, I want to mobilize prayers, and it's it's also the stories, the miracles happening inside Eritrea is an encouragement. All of us are passing through difficulties, uh, mm. personal problems. I believe the stories and the hand of God um, revealed in the country Eritrea would be a source of encouragement uh, to Mm. believers uh, here in South Africa and elsewhere. Yeah. So you're writing a book, but you're also trying to mobilize prayer. You're trying to mobilize just uh, allowing people to know what's going on in Eritrea Mm. so that they can their eyes can be open to see, wow, this is what's happening there. Yeah. And so that uh, more people can actually begin praying 
strategically for this country. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty amazing. Any, anything else that you've been doing here in South Africa since you've been here? Yeah, I've been watch, speaking extensively in churches, prayer groups, and schools mm. to raise awareness about the persecution. Usually, you know, the Bible says, uh, look, uh, look around. I'm doing amazing things in your time. So mm. uh, look at the nations, the Bible says, in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. Mm. So we have to look our, uh, among the nations. Uh, so uh, some, we, don't, we shouldn't, be, uh, we shouldn't take our freedoms for granted. Yeah, shouldn't take. So mm. we were we were struggling for the Bible. We were arrested for the Bible. We do have lots of translations of Bibles around us. <laughs> we couldn't pray. Even uh, part of a worship leader in Eritrea is mm. to uh, I mean regulate the sound of the praying believers because wow. you know, otherwise if your neighbor hears you, you will be in prison. <laughs> Here there is no consequence for praying for mm. fellowshipping. So we need to use this chance. We need to use this freedom. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, uh, showing the, our brothers and sisters here mm. that not everybody has got this freedom. Mm. And we, I'm encouraging everyone to use this freedom, not yeah. to take it for granted. Yeah, it's amazing when our freedoms are taken away, it seems that uh, we, we appreciate them even more. Yeah. When you aren't allowed to freely pray or read the Bible or worship, it actually instills in you a deeper appreciation for yeah. what you yeah. don't have or what you're not able to do. And yet here in this country and in the States where there's lots of religious freedom, there's almost an apathy towards things of the Lord and spiritual things. Yeah. So for those of us who have the freedom, we ought to be even more fervent, more zealous, more passionate for the Lord and for the kingdom of God and for the lost and for reaching out. I mean, imagine if it was illegal yeah. to do these things. Yeah. That, that's that's so sad. Exactly. So we, that's, that's what we're doing with the Voice of the Martins South Africa. So we're raising awareness on this regard. And, you know, they need support. The Eritrean believers need support. And not, not only the Eritrean believers, there are also persecuted Christians elsewhere. Hmm. So when the breadwinners are arrested, imagine what, what, would, what would happen to the families. Hmm. So they need assistance. They need prayers. They need encouragement. Mm. So th we're doing these things, uh, and I'm, I'm just asking uh, everybody listening here, uh, in Christ, to help the believers, the persecuted believers, like Romans, I mean uh, Hebrew chapters thirteen, verse thirteen, mm. asks us to pray for uh, the persecuted, as if it says, as if we're uh, in chains as with if, them. Yeah. So when you know that uh, what the chains look like, mm. then we can, we'll be, we'd be able to pray or assist mm. as if we're, we're, chains the, we're chained. So this is, mm. I believe this is uh, my mandate here. Mm. That's good. So th for those of you listening tonight, we hope that your eyes are just open a little bit to the persecution happening in Eritrea, that you can begin praying more fervently, more intelligently for these people, that the Lord would really stir your heart to uh, pray for revival in this country, Pray for freedom of the people. Pray for protection from persecution. Pray for protection against uh, the attacks of the evil one amongst these people. Pray for the, that the people would continue to be zealous for the gospel, that they continue to share their faith. They'd continue to be a light in the darkness in this place. Are there any uh, final words you'd like to just share with those listening tonight, Philemon, as we close? Yeah, yeah I would love to encourage everybody. Uh... 
this is actually what I, what I want to say is this is these are the end times. Hmm. Uh, so definitely persecution would be global. Hmm. We should have, though we're not persecuted, though we are living in a free world, hmm. we should have that the spirit of the martyrs, the spirit of the persecuted, the hmm. attitude of the persecuted. Because sooner, the, sooner or later, as part of the end times prophecy in the Bible, hmm. uh, the world would be hostile to our faith. So it's very, very important for the believers who are in the free world to be equipped and to be um, in the same attitude yes. with the believers uh, in the persecuted area. Mm. So we, we should be working with such kind of a, uh, spirit. Mm. Yeah, and then we have to be very strong. Yeah, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Yeah. Um, and that's what Paul says in... Ephesians 6 as he tells us to put on the armor of God and to stand mm -hmm. firm against the attacks of the enemy for our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers the principalities of dark over this present darkness yeah. thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight thank you Philmon for being here and if you'd like more information on the persecution in Eritrea you can visit the Voice of the Martyrs webpage uh, persecutionsa.org again that's persecutionsa.org uh, and you can find more information about Eritrea and what's happening there. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night and God bless. Thank you. God bless.